Hey, folks, I know there are lots of business owners who listen to this show. Maybe some of you never planned on running a business, but now here you are. One thing you've always got to keep in mind is how much you're spending on your operating costs. That's one of the first things we had to keep in mind with WTF. And with things costing more today than they did when we started, you want to keep your expenses down. To reduce costs and headaches, be smart and use NetSuite by Oracle, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, and HR into one platform and one source of truth. Reduce IT costs, cut the costs of maintaining multiple systems, improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. By popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to netsuite.com slash WTF for more. That's netsuite, N-E-T-S-U-I-T-E dot com slash WTF. All right, let's do this. How are you, what the fuckers? What the fuck, buddies? What the fuck, Nicks? What's happening? Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. Can you handle it? Are you okay there? Did you get your cooking done? What's happening with the turkey? Are you doing the turkey now? What are you making right now? Are you working on cakes? Are you doing cakes? Are you doing sweet potatoes? Are you doing Brussels sprouts? Are you doing that weird green bean casserole that no one really eats anymore, but some people have grown comfortable with it? Are you doing the weird sweet potatoes with the marshmallows and the brown sugar? Are you being healthy? Don't be healthy. It's one day a year where you can fuck off. How are you doing your turkey? Did you brine it? Did you baste it? Did you put uh, spices underneath the skin? What have you done? Have you have you tried? Did you blow up your house trying to fry it? What's happening? Is there like is there a, a fire in your neighborhood because you exploded your idea of having a fried turkey? What's going on with your bird? Did you do a duck? How many ducks out there? Any geese? Anyone do a geese? Anyone do a a tofu turkey thing? Not great. You know what you're getting with that. What have what have you got going? Mashed potatoes, garlic potatoes, anything new? Anything happening? Did you make some weird variation of cranberry sauce with a spice that probably shouldn't be in cranberry sauce, but you read it in a magazine, so you thought, why not try it? And then everybody at dinner was like, what's wrong with this cranberry sauce? Did you do that? Did you do that with some tarragon or some other kind of weird thing? Did you add something to something traditional that, that you did out of boredom in hopes that it would be an exciting new thing, but instead, not unlike traditions of any kind, everyone was up in arms how dare you do that? Why change anything? Don't you understand? We're trying to keep Thanksgiving consistent. What are you? What are you, an artist? What are you, a fucking artist? Happy Thanksgiving. Good luck with the pies. All right, so you know how it goes. Look, today I'm doing, uh, uh, this is a recording of a live show I did at the Bloomsbury Theater in London. Had a nice live audience. My guest was comedian and writer David Bedil. He's a stand-up. He's a writer of children's books. He's a writer of grown-up books like his book, Jews Don't Count, which he also turned into a documentary that's out now. And uh, I had not read it. I'd heard about him. And uh, I set out to read his book. I read the book. Um, you know, it's interesting where you deal with a British writer writing primarily about Britain where, you know, class is a thing and happens and is acknowledged. But also in talking about the left, uh, they have an established sort of left there that has definition, uh, unlike here. Don't talk about class here unless it's the middle class disappearing. 
Other than that, no talk of class. There, there, there's always been talk of class. It's ingrained in the class system there. So it was an interesting conversation. He's also funny. I've watched some of his shows. He had interesting, uh, he's got interesting family stories, a great history uh, of stand-up stuff. So, yeah. So I'm going to play that for you. And also, Brian Jones has been making cat mugs for, for me, obviously, as you know, for years to give my guests. And uh, every few months, he makes a batch that, that you can buy, you people, you civilians. And now you can go directly to this site, wtfmugs.co. Go ahead and bookmark that or sign up for email updates. These things go quick. I want you to get one. New mugs will go on sale this Saturday, November 26th. They'll go live at noon Eastern, and you'll want to get on that because they usually sell out immediately. So, look, I don't know what you're dealing with. All right, I don't know where you're at this Thanksgiving. I do know that this is a, 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 a an interesting time of year because because parents can bond with their kids around my reading of Turkey Trouble for uh, for that uh, charity I did. It's a it's a it's a charity called Storyline Online. I did it a while ago. The woman approached me at the the SAG Awards, actually. And, you know, it was fun. You know, I didn't know what, you know, I, I don't I don't have children, but, you know, I can be entertaining. But it's uh, it's kind of funny because it's uh, it's it's pretty popular. It, it's it's very popular um, this time of year, obviously. And I always get a lot of nice feedback. And sometimes they show it in classrooms. It's fun. It is fun to read uh, children's books. I don't I don't do it often because I don't have children, but uh, you can watch it. Go find it. It's called uh, Turkey Trouble, Mark Maron. I guess you can find it that way. You can get it right at Storyline Online. But uh, aside from that, I don't know what's up with you guys. I don't know what you're doing. I did not go to Florida this year. I'm not in Florida this year because uh, they. There's a couple reasons. In order for me to get out there and to bring. Uh, you know, kit with me and to, you know, it would, it, they didn't need me to cook this year because my cousin's doing it. So to fly out day before and then hang out day of and then leave the next day and, and go to Florida for that seemed crazy. So I'm going to go see my family another time in the next few weeks before my HBO shooting. I think there's some balcony seats for that second show left over, but yeah, I'll go see my family then. And I'm going to go over to Gimme Gimme Dan's house and I'm going to cook, a, I'm going to smoke a brisket. And I'm going to make a chess pie, and I'm going to make uh, the famous stuffing that I got from my, uh, from my gourmet existentialism professor who was in love with me. Yeah, I, I believe he's passed. I tried to find out, but it seems that uh, I got validation on that. Um, that guy did teach me how to cook, though. He didn't turn me, but he taught me how to cook. So getting back to you, uh, you know, as I say every year, and as I've said before, to those of you who have heard me say it, uh, first and foremost, um, use whatever options you have at your disposal to maintain your sanity without hurting yourself or others. That means, you know, taking a walk, taking a breather, trying to, uh, you know, think before you yell, uh, try to, you know, keep your, your shit together in the sense of like, you have control over that. You can make choices in a moment, take a breath. These are aggravating times. They're still aggravating times. We are, it feels a little better than it has in the last several years. I mean, there's a little relief, I think, but it's still scary and there's still a lot of things to be uh, terrified about and angry about. I get it. But if you're with family, you know, just try, I'm going to try, you know, I'm taping this obviously the day before 
and I'm going to try to lock into my cooking and, and, and enjoy some of that meditation time. I've been very busy with a lot of stuff, interviewing people and also going to see movies for guests, which is fine. Um, and, you know, and also having some pretty good conversations lately with a lot of different people. But I, I just, look, enjoy the fucking fall weather. I don't know, maybe you're in New York or the East Coast, or maybe it's just you're under snow. There, look, just please, please, for your own benefit and your, for your families, just use whatever options you have at your disposal to maintain your sanity without hurting yourself or others. You know, there's wiggle room there. Hurting yourself does not mean, you know, uh, you know eating a lot. Or, or shame eating or anger eating or any of that, you know, gorge yourself until you're tired. It, it's it, Do that as opposed to argue with your old dad, your old uncle, your old mom, your kids. Just eat. Eat those feelings. Today is a day to eat feelings, especially if you're with your family. Okay? I don't need to say too much, but uh, try to enjoy your holiday. I hope all your food turned out well. Um, and you know, I'll share this live one with you, which was funny and we haven't done one in a while. And there's also a little, I think I do another intro. I did a live intro that night in London. So this is uh, me talking to David Bedil. He's the, um, he is the, uh, author of, uh, Jews don't count. You can get that wherever you get books. The documentary version is airing on BBC four. Um, and, uh, please take care of yourselves. Will you? Sometimes I wish I paid more attention in school, or in some cases, any attention at all. There are probably a lot of things I could have gotten more out of, like literature, and now it's probably not in the cards to go back to school and study the classics. But luckily for us, there's a new podcast called The Foxed Page that dives deep into the best books of all time. This is basically like the best possible college English class, but more relaxed and fun. No pressure of grades or needing to prepare something to say in class. It's only the books you want to read and know about presented by best-selling author Kimberly Ford. Everything from Cormac McCarthy to Madame Bovary, from classics like Frankenstein to modern hits like Lessons in Chemistry. I love Ireland, but I missed the boat on James Joyce. The Fox Page has a three-part series on Dubliners, and that's a pretty great starting point. Want to get the most out of what you read? The Fox Page is for you. Get it now wherever you get your podcast. All right, let's do this. How are you, what the fuckers? What the fuck, buddies? What the fuck, Nicks? London, England, welcome. Nice to see you. Thanks for coming out. Yes, yes, I'm here. I'm here. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you. I was just, um, I'm very excited to be here. I uh, was just talking to uh, David Bedil backstage. He's going to come out soon. We were talking about whether or not we needed to pee. So that's sort of the age we're at, I guess. Very exciting. <laughs> I'm, uh, I've been here for a couple days. I don't, uh, I don't know what's happening in your country. Um, <laughs> I can't pretend to know. I'd like to get caught up, get up to speed. No fucking idea. To be honest with you, I, I don't know David. Um, I, I wish I was kidding. I didn't know anything about him until about a month ago, and now I know almost everything about him. So that's sort of the way, way that's going to go. I'm sure I'm instilling faith in my, in my ability to him right now back there. But I, uh, I don't know what's happening here also with, uh, like, is, is there no COVID or... 
Because I, I don't know, like I was in New York for a week, and now I'm here for a week. It just feels like when I get on a train, I'm kind of entering some sort of international COVID lottery. You know, like, maybe I'll get it. Maybe I won't. Maybe I'll wear a mask. I don't know what people are doing now. It's sort of a don't ask, don't test situation. <laughs> right? Where you're kind of like, you know, on a Friday, you're like, no, nah, I kind of feel shitty, but I'm going to wait until Monday. Because I want to have a weekend, you know. I don't want to, I don't want to fuck up my weekend. See how you hear how hard that guy's laughing back there? That's the guy. There's one guy with COVID in here. You know there is. There has to be. And he knows it. He knows he has it. And he came anyway. He had bought the ticket. He was at home. He's like, fuck. Everyone's going to get it. Fuck it. I'm going to go. I'm going to go. I don't know, you guys. I guess we're going to do some Jew stuff. <laughs> because, like, I, David and I have the same management, and I think it, it was his idea. He's sort of like, I think what we really need is a couple of secular atheists self-centered, too much information, Israel apathetic Jews to have a summit. <laughs> An international summit of some kind. Just want to get a couple of guys that never shut up about themselves <laughs> to talk about themselves at each other. But I do, it's interesting because the, the Jew thing, I, it, it's, I, I read uh, his book and I, I enjoyed the book. And uh, a lot of it was very sort of, um, you know, Britain specific, but yeah, because like we don't have, well, maybe I should talk to him about this. He's gonna be out here in a minute. I don't <laughs> but I thought I'd just ramble on for a bit more. I mean, so what I do since I've been here, I, uh, I, I, I don't know what, uh, I, I, after a certain point of, I don't travel internationally much and I don't stay here long, but you know, I, I generally think at some point in my life, I'm 59, that I would know all of the breakfast items. <laughs> and I'm not making a joke about like a traditional English breakfast or any of that. It took me years to realize that you guys don't eat that every day. <laughs> like I really thought it was my job, like I gotta put all this down every day, the whole thing. <laughs> This is what they do here? I want to be like them. But there was something on the menu at my hotel that I had to do research on. And, and, and tell me if it's a, is, is bubble and squeak a thing? So it is. How, how am I 59 years old and I was looking at the menu and I'm like, I'm gonna guess what that is. And I was off. There was, I thought it was some sort of uncuttable sausage. That just must be a sausage you can't cut, and it just bubbles, and it squeaks when you try to cut it. That was a pretty good guess, I thought. But it's not. It's a cabbage dish, and I like cabbage, and there's potatoes in it. And it, apparently it was, um, it was popular if you had absolutely no money at all for a long time. Tomorrow I'm going to have it. I didn't have it today. 
Should I have it? But is it something that you guys, do you make it at home? Or are you like, I'm, you know what? I'm going to make bubble and squeak tomorrow for the special brunch. It is? It's that kind of thing? Leftovers. Oh, so you just put it all together. Your potatoes and your cabbage. How many people, you eat that much cabbage? I mean, is it that? Because I eat a lot of cabbage, oddly. But I didn't know that everybody did. You're just sort of like, oh, fuck, we got leftover cabbage again. Where are those potatoes? That happens like weekly or special? All right. So the Jew thing, well, here, I, I, again, I'll bring them out. But let me read a couple of uh, emails that, that, to set this up sort of. Because I, you know, I talk about being a Jew a lot, and I do it aggressively. And I'm not sure why all the time. But I've been doing it for years. Like if I, if I do a comedy special, and this goes way back, where I'm not even sure I gave a fuck necessarily. I always, when I was coming up, I really was annoyed. Even though I loved the old Jewish comics, I found that they trivialized being Jewish somehow. Like, I, I, I honestly hated Jackie Mason. Um, and it was because he just, like, he would do things like, you know, Jews just like to sit down. You're like, what does that mean? So, <laughs> and I mean, I didn't know how it benefited anybody. If you're a Jew, you'll eat a shrimp, you know? I, what is that? You're not supposed to eat them. All right, whatever. So, so I never knew how to, uh, to be Jewish on stage for years. And, and when I did it, it was always sort of way, way over the... Like, uh, in, in I guess it was in 90... When did I do that HBO special? When I was a kid. Him, him and I have been doing this a long time. But I did a whole thing about how, uh, you know, I'm a Jew. And, you know, of course, you know, we have all the money. And, uh, yeah, we do. We have all of it. And... <laughs> Like that tone, I'd be like, you could go to almost any synagogue and they have a special room in the basement that's just sort of like gold bricks and <laughs> jewelry of different sorts. And you can go in there and just kind of sit with it and be like, I can't believe we have it all. Yeah. <laughs> and there, there's a, a weekly newsletter we all get, the Jews news that we get. <laughs> and it's just always the same headline. We've got all the money again. So that was the tone of it. And I think some, the somewhat of that tone has remained. I just really, I learned something from a, a guy named Paul Mooney who was a comic, a, a black comic in, in America who uh, you know, used to write for Richard Pryor. And you know, I middled for him, I featured for him in Sacramento once. And he would do like two hours plus for like a primarily white audience. And, and it, I didn't really understand why? You know, because he, he didn't do particularly well um, because he was very aggressive. And then I realized it over time after watching him for a week is that like if you're a, a white person and you don't think you're racist, after like two hours of Mooney, he'll find it in you. <laughs> like a after about two hours, you're going to be saying to yourself or who you're sitting with things you didn't think you would say. So... And I think that on some level, you know, a lot of the Jewish material I'm doing now is really specifically for that reason. <laughs> I want to be an aggressively annoying Jew. <laughs> but not in a neurotic way. Literally, <laughs> like lately I've been on stage and uh, I, I will say, uh, you know, it's amazing we really found out 
in the last few years what brings most people together, and that's anti-Semitism. And, <laughs> and then I say, uh, I say uh, and I just, I, you know, look, we will replace you. We're going to <laughs> replace you. And I go into a long bit that I don't want to burn because I'm going to probably do it on the special. <laughs> and it's like, I don't, I can't, I'm going to talk to David about this. <laughs> but I get emails, but he's like, you know, he's made it all very public at how he interacts with trolls and stuff. And I don't like, I'm not, you know, I'm not poking, I don't poke the Twitter monster because it's just too upsetting to me. Like, you know, I like to do it face to face in real life to see what happens. But I do get emails. Um, oh, this was an email from David. I, I liked how he told me to, what, what to look for. And at the very end, after lifting his, all his credits with links, he just says, uh, and I've written four novels and nine children's books. <laughs> and I just took the tone of that as, so there. I do, I do want to know how he's so protective because we're very similar and our parents were the same and I don't know how he managed to keep his shit together so well. <laughs> Here are the, uh, the emails. Hi, Mark. I like your podcast a lot. Uh, in one of your last pods, you talked about a guy who criticized all the Jew talk in many of your podcasts. You thought he was maybe an anti-Semite. I just want to remind you that when having mega interesting guys in your show, say for example, Stephen King, David Lee Roth, Gene Simmons, etc., I haven't had two of them. On. <laughs> I, I would not have Gene Simmons in my house. And, <laughs> and I've, I've talked to David Lee Roth and that was exciting. And Stephen King, I don't think is Jewish, uh, whatever. So he goes on to say, not too many listeners give a shit if they are bar mitzvahed, baptized, or if they are Vancouver or Montreal Jews, etc. It's just for us listeners. It's not very interesting, but it's your show, and you should run it as you like. Good luck, Gunter. Real name. And I said, Gunter, I will. When you said this, you gave yourself away, quote, it's just for us listeners, it's not very interesting, unquote. You, you don't find it interesting, not us. That other guy was an anti-Semite. I don't know about you. Thanks for listening. So, <laughs> then one more, and then I'll bring out David. Mark with a K. I don't understand why you have to keep bringing up that you are a Jewish man. You're not even a church-going man. This guy's very confused right out of the gate. But you can't go five minutes without bringing it up. I am Native American and Spanish American, and I don't bring it up once a month. No one cares about that but you. You always bring it up with some of your guests that you know are Jewish. No one cares, all caps. 
The only one that does is you. Let it go, Michael. And I said, anti-Semites care. You're asking me to let go of my ethnicity when most of the world wants to erase it. You want to erase it. Plenty of people care. Jews care. Maybe ask yourself why you are so mad. Yeah, see? Right now, it's my pleasure to bring out a man I met 15 minutes ago who's done an amazing, <laughs> amazing amount of work in this country. You've known him for some of your, half your lives. He's done stand-up. He's written books, nine novels, um, <laughs> several children's books. He had a football show. He was in a team. He wasn't in a team. Documentaries. He's Britain's go-to Jew. <laughs> David Badil, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you. Hey, Mark. Hi. Before we talk about the Jew thing... Well, I, I wanna, we're going to start at the beginning. Okay, well, Fine. I want to talk about breakfast, okay. which is kind of the beginning. Okay. Because you mentioned breakfast, which is kind of an interesting thing for two Jews to talk about because the British breakfast is pork. It's yeah. just different types of pork, right? And, and, and cabbage. Yeah, and many different types of pork. Yeah, yeah like really yeah. different shapes of pork. Yeah, and ground okay. pork. Pork. Ground? No, 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 ground pork. Oh, yes, well, yeah, it is ground pork. Sausage is ground pork. Yes, it is. Yeah, sorry, I didn't. Know. <laughs> I'm so Jewish, I didn't know that. <laughs> um, okay. So yeah. I did a thing when I was on tour recently. Um, I decided to, because I am, as you say, on social media quite a lot, to talk about the fact that when you have when you're on tour in the British hotels, yeah. that, that's what you're offered every morning. And if you've got the kind of willpower I've got, you can't not eat it. Right, it's you fucking have to eat impossible it. not yeah. to eat it, yeah. right? Right. So I would take a picture of it, say, this is my willpower, I've had, I'm having it again. But what happened, and you may not know this, is that it revealed a fault line in the British public, which is they are obsessed with the architecture of the full English breakfast. With the uh, plate, the layout, the map, the layout. Uh -huh. I mean, literally, yeah. some people, if my eggs were touching the beans, they'd have a fucking nervous breakdown. Really? Yeah, really, really. People would write and say, I can't look at this. Do, do, are there people that, that don't eat them together? Like, keep, you separate yeah. the beans, you can't yeah. eat the beans. There's quite the a famous expression. It actually comes from Steve Coogan's character, Alan Partridge, which is that if you have eggs and beans, you have to use the sausages as a breakwater. <laughs> Fuck, I've been eating it wrong. Yeah. Well, I, I want to point out right out of the gate that, look, I don't know you. We, no. don't, we don't talk. You have said that quite a lot. <laughs> uh, it's almost as if you're trying to disassociate but, yourself but, from but, but let me just point out look how we're fucking dressed. It was. Look at our fucking faces. What I mean, the fuck? it's ridiculous. <laughs> Like, you're, you've got, look at the booth, the same booth, they're Chelsea's, yeah. mine are nicer, I like them they're, with a point. they nicer? They're how, just shinier. No, these, were, these are nice, as nice, thick Stop leather. Saying, yeah, they're, they're just saying they're no, nicer no, no, no. doesn't make them nicer. It's a point, they're pointy, I like them pointy. Okay. Black jeans. Yeah, black jeans. Western so, shirt. Yeah, and the face. I can't believe you're not talking about the, fa the face. I see the face, I know the face. <laughs> so, it's like there's a fucking really odd mirror here. I know! <laughs> I, but yeah. 
See, I've always thought, like, I've been mildly obsessed with British Jews my entire life. Have you? Yes. And yet you've never heard of me. What the fuck? Yeah. I mean, the idea of it, not, not oh, okay. British Jews. Not, not the one British reality. One British Jew, Peter Green. That's the only one. Peter Green? Yes, Peter from Green. From Fleetwood Mac? Yes, okay. was a British Jew. I thought you were Sir Peter uh, Green. No, 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 oh, Peter okay. Green. Peter Green from Fleetwood Mac uh, was a British Jew, and I was so excited about that. I'm like, I knew it. So, right. But I just, I, it just, it, the, the idea that there were British Jews at all when I was younger was just sort of like, that's amazing. Right. Yeah. And the fact that... Americans we, don't think there are ethnic minorities in Britain. No, I we am, know, I we am, know, we uh, heard, we heard. Well, I know, but yeah, you're still yeah. catching up with it. Yeah, we are. It's a different, yeah, it's a different ethnic landscape. You just think we're all people who wear top hats <laughs> and essentially are members of the royal family. No, I think you? it was really as simple as I just couldn't, you know, like, I don't know why, but when I was younger, I couldn't really picture a Jew talking like you. <laughs> You mean with a British accent? Or That's right. With a British, no, with a British accent. A Jew who thinks his boots are not as good as yours. <laughs> with a British accent. It was a, a, That's a, a weird a, thing. A naive, no, it was, I was young. Now, okay. now I know there's... There's, there's me there's, and Peter yeah, Green. Yeah, and, and like... And a few other ones. There's a few other ones. <laughs> yeah, there are. Not a lot. Is there a lot? No, there are a lot. Actually, that's one of the things I talk about in my book. So one of the things I talk about in my book is, I know, yeah. is, British, is Jewish shame. Yeah. And that's stronger in Britain. Because yeah. in Britain... Jews are not as out as they are in America. Like, Maybe uh, that was why. I like was one of the that. things that uh, there's a, a, a publication called the Jewish Chronicle, right? Yeah. Which is the British Jewish newspaper. And I, someone once said to me, a Jewish person said to me, the headline of the Jewish Chronicle every week is basically they hate us, right? And I said, no, <laughs> yeah, yeah. no, it's they hate us and let's not make a fuss about it, right? That <laughs> yeah. is the British Jewish thing. Yeah. So I am unusual in that I am very out, I mean, a bit like the guy who wrote to you, he would hate me even more, because I am absurdly out right, about I, being Jewish. And lots, of Jew and lots of British Jews in comedy aren't, to be honest. They're hiding? They're not hiding. Do you know they're Jewish? I know, I know do they're they know? Jewish. Well, I wonder if they know that they're all Jewish. Do you want to out them? Go ahead, out them. Like, 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 do you know that Stephen Fry is Jewish? Okay. I did not did, know that. Did Holy you know fuck. Ben Elton is Jewish? Do you know Ben Elton is Jewish? That, that makes sense. Okay, but there's quite a lot of Jews in this audience, and Jews <laughs> They do the research. Jews yeah, know of other Jews, yeah. Matt Lucas. Okay, I'm trying to find one you don't know. Simon Amstel. Oh, for fuck's sake. And they're all My comics. friend... <laughs> just trying to think of someone they don't know. <laughs> so, but, Frank but, Skinner. Okay, he's not. <laughs> But the thing about being out and Jewish and aggressively out is something that... Uh, a I, lot I've, of people don't like it. Well, I, I know, and it makes a certain point. And I don't, I'm not always clear uh, as to why I do it. You know what I mean? I've been doing it a long time, aggressively. But I don't find myself as some, like, intellectually, I think you came into it later too, where you're, you are aggressively pointing out anti-Semitism and, and making yourself... I think in my last special, I, I told the audience I was voluntarily making myself a target because I think it's important. But I don't know if it's a selfish thing or it's actually a, a tremendous deep concern for I think Jews. It's a, well, I was always, from an early time in stand-up, I yeah. talked about being Jewish because basically I'm an incredibly limited performer. Yeah. Right? I can't do anything except be myself on stage. If I try and do an accent, it's embarrassing. I can't move away from myself. So but I, you did sketch, you did Yeah, things. I was always just, just myself. I was say shit that's not fair yeah. on myself i was just myself in a right. hat yeah, yeah you know yeah. or myself in big trousers but you'd, you know, you'd, cal you'd calibrate your voice a little bit not 
Hardly. <laughs> I could, about the only accent I could do is yeah. a slightly more Jewish version of my own voice. Yeah. That is the only accent I could do. I can't even do Welsh, and my dad was Welsh. There are Welsh Jews. Do you know well, that? Yeah, well, it all Scottish makes sense. Jews, yes, Welsh a, Jews. Are but you are aware there, of that? Are there Irish Jews? Many? Yes, of course. There are? Do you know Jews are all over the fucking world? I do right? know that. You know that. I do know that. You know they got scattered. It ki- yes. <laughs> you know yeah. that happened. Yeah, yeah they wanted. <laughs> they you know ran. They kicked they, out yeah. of every fucking country. Uh, As in, a result, they're everywhere. I grew up in New Mexico. New Mexico. Okay. My, my, Not Jew my, Mexico. No, but there wasn't that many. It's just that there were the Jews that left Europe, and then there were the Jews that wanted to move as far away from their parents as possible right. in New York. So that's where we ended up in New Mexico. Okay. With a small group of other Jews that were just saying, thank God we're not living near our parents. Right. I, I think that some Jewish people... Uh, see, for me, I went to a Jewish primary school, right? an Orthodox Jewish primary school, which wasn't because my parents were religious. It was the nearest primary school in Cricklewood, where I grew up in the 1970s, where I wouldn't get beaten up for being Jewish. So they sent me there. It was a very Jewish, very Jewish school. I had one line in the school play. It was this. It was, well, Rabbi, you certainly do drive a hard bargain. <laughs> you thought Rabbi would be the Jewish element. No, it was bargain. Yeah. Right? It was very it's, it's, that's a that's that's a lot to unpack. It's all it's in a there. Lot to unpack. <laughs> There's a lot to unpack. And can you not scratch your nose while you're saying that? Because that feels almost pointed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah. And so I think I did an odd thing, which is that when I realized the whole world wasn't Jewish, yeah. in fact the, the Jews are a tiny demographic, yeah. the damage was done for me. I rather than shrinking from that, I just thought the world should be Jewish. I mean, I'm wrong about that, but that's how it felt to me. And uh, so I felt really comfortable in my Jewishness. And I always have. Yeah, I don't think I felt uncomfortable in my Jewishness. And I always look to, uh, you know, there, I, I think um, uh, in America, there was sort of like this Jewish intellectual period in the 70s, yeah. you, you know. And, I, and I, I think that, like, Prozac killed a lot of that. I think that... <laughs> I really think that... That medication destroyed some of the Semitic voice in America. Like, okay. there's, like there's only one guy, like, like Richard Lewis. You see Richard Lewis now, and he's still Richard Lewis. And party is sort of like, you know, they have medicine. Like, you even think that. <laughs> like, you haven't resolved any of this? So, you know, <laughs> n- nothing's better? There's nothing better. Yeah. Yeah, that's know. correct. <laughs> that's correct. Nothing has got better. That's what therapy is, to teach you fucking that. Do you go to therapy still? Yeah, I did. I went to therapy for about 11 years, almost as a kind of thing I just did to realize my Jewishness. I, I, didn't, I don't know that I had any problem. I had one particular problem, uh, which is nothing to do with being Jewish, I think. Or maybe it is. Which is, I found it very difficult to split up with anyone. Like, split up with... You know, I've been in relationships for far too long. I'm sorry. I was, I'm I was sorry really... if any of my ex-girlfriends are listening. But I was in relationships far too long. I was very frightened of splitting up with people. Why, and I was in, why though? Why? Well, I'll come to that. Um, All right, and I was I'll, in, I'll hang out here. I was in... <laughs> and I was in therapy for about 11 years. And about seven years in, I realised I couldn't split up with my therapist. Oh, yeah. That was what was happening. And t- uh, the reason is, I can tell you why, actually, if you, which is like, uh, have we done with the Jew? We'll come back to the Jew thing. Okay, because this is no, not... No, no, yeah, we're, well, we're maybe jumping it is around. A Jew thing. Maybe yeah? this is, right? Which that, is well, like, that's the big question. So when I was first famous, right, yeah. uh, I realized that I could have sex with women, right? Yeah. Uh, and they who wouldn't have sex with me before, right? Uh, and oh, I, is that true? Yeah, well, I realized that that was a possibility. A lifetime of just, like, 
uh, just masturbation. Yeah, but for, well, I'd been with one Jewish woman, <laughs> and it was mainly masturbation. Yeah. Yes, uh, that's what it's like. Uh, but I. Uh, I found it. I found that I couldn't. Like there were lots of people I knew at the time, mm -hmm. and all of these people are now sweating. I have some payback because they're all now sweating that, that something's going to happen to them. But I don't have that problem because I wasn't able to exploit, as it were, my fame in order to oh, be oh, promiscuous. I see, I see, because yeah. I didn't want to be. Can I say this? I didn't want to be a cunt. Yeah. Right. And you have to be a complete cunt. Someone's applauding that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> to, in order to really have sex with a lot of women, because you have to say. I don't want to see you anymore, right? And I, and I, I didn't guess sometimes you can just sort of communicate at the beginning, you know. <laughs> Shit, I should have done that. <laughs> no, you, I, you I, can still be a nice guy and, and no, but that's that's where the Jewishness, I think, maybe oh. not that it's just for Jews, but I I couldn't take take the thing of like saying, okay, now I'm moving on. I want to I want to be with someone else tomorrow, whatever. And anyway, I fell in love. I just fell in love really quickly. With a was, lot of people? Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. But that was the thing. I was, I'd been in a relationship. Okay, I really didn't think I was going to talk about this. Uh, I was in a relationship between six. Finally, we found something <laughs> that you haven't talked about. I have, well, it's partly because the women in question, the, this particular, like, I was in a relationship between 16 okay, okay. and 28. Okay. One relationship? 16 to 27. 16 to 27? 16 to 27, yeah. One relationship. 11 That's, years. A lot of changes happen in those yeah. years. Uh, and you hung in there. But I hung, hung in there. She yeah. hung in there. <laughs> yeah, we both hung in there. That's my point. I was yeah. unable to split up. And then but did I was... she want to be with you? Were you both just sort of like, fuck, how do I tell him? Fuck, I want to tell her. Okay, so <laughs> I am a bit worried she might be listening to this because uh, I'm still friends with her. But my point is this. Right? There's a bit in Seinfeld. There's a bit in, there's a bit in Seinfeld yeah. where George is trying to split up with this woman who he's with in season seven. I can't remember the name of the woman. Eventually she dies because in the marriage, in the wedding, she licks so many envelopes she gets glue poisoning. And <laughs> he can't stop being overjoyed about it. He's trying not to be. Anyway, the point is not that. The point yeah. is just, he really wants to split up with this, yeah. making him very unhappy. Mm -hmm. And Jerry takes him to outside their, her apartment and yeah. tells him, him to go in and just do it. He says, it's like ripping off a Band-Aid, right? Just yeah. do it. And he says, I would rather be unhappy my whole life than have that conversation. And I think about 70% of couples live like that. I do. It, I think it, that yeah, the, it's just very muted laughter. Yeah, yeah I know. It was... I've, hey, alien I've alienated everyone <laughs> in this room. No, but, I, I, I'm, well, my I'm the same It's my way. parents, partly. My parents, sure. who are both dead, so I can definitely say this about them, much of the time they hated each other. But splitting up with each other was just not something... They were lower middle class Jews. You, they just didn't split up with people like yeah, Toffs did. I mean, I saw that show. I mean, they, your mom definitely had a good time, despite the fact... You didn't see were... the show, did you? Did yeah, you watch I watched it? it. Oh, you fucking watched it? I watched the whole oh, thing. Thank you very I'm much. Like, I, I know that uh, you, know, you are a, a child of uh, emotionally self-centered people who are incapable okay. of loving you properly. Yeah. <laughs> okay, it's become the therapy that I never finished. <laughs> and that you probably just are out in the world you know, wanting love, David. I do yeah, want love. That's why I have to eat those full English breakfasts yes. every day and that's to you, fill the gap. You can't break up with people because you're so afraid yeah. of rejecting them and losing the love that they have for you. That's true. All right, uh, we're so, done. Thank no, you. No. Thank you. <laughs> no, 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 yeah, so anyone who doesn't know didn't see my family show, I did a show called My Family, Not yeah. the Sitcom. Did you not uh, see it? This was did a, did I, anyone see that? Me? Some people saw it. That's good. Why, uh, why have, this was 
was like, I watched it and it made me uncomfortable. This is another question. What the fuck is wrong with us? I do that kind of stuff too. Yeah. You just tell people, strangers, all this fucking deep shit that you're not even sure is fucking right. Yes. And, yes. and then you kind of walk away feeling what? Like, well, that's a relief that I dragged those people into it. <laughs> yeah, that's the job. If you don't realize that. That's what we do. Like, you walk up victorious. They all feel really uncomfortable and weird about my life. Yeah. Well, okay, so this is what happened in that particular show. So for anyone who doesn't know, who didn't see it... Well, you sent me a bad copy of it. You were like, I did this show in Australia and Canada, and there's only one tape existing. (laughs) And in midway through the tape or the video, the the guy's not... He's pointing at his feet or something. It's (laughs) it's not even a real video. You can't see what you're pointing to on screen. I'm like, there's a lot of shame involved in this show. You didn't want this to get out, (laughs) did you? Well, well, yeah, I, I did and I didn't, maybe. Maybe that's the dichotomy but the show was about the fact that the mainly about it's like my dad's dementia and that's what a lot of people knew about it my dad just got it we need to talk about oh, it. oh really we should talk about that it's 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 nice now but can it's i just get, get, get out i'm sorry the, yeah, this go thing that i need to get out no, i'm, I'm, I'm is, gonna let you i just want to make sure i'm present okay <laughs> that's how i do it a lot of interrupting you've never listened to my show uh, never okay uh, well I, I got a weird bootleg copy once and it yeah. was kind of sh- sh- like it wasn't really clear that's what was weird really yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah so that's my yeah, point okay. right. uh, so it was also about the fact that my mum had an affair with a golfing memorabilia salesman for her whole virtual adult life and transformed our world into a world of golf uh, so that because uh, my dad got made redundant when I was quite young so we had very little money but we would still have statues of Lee Trevino fucking everywhere um, and uh, she was very proud of this uh, affair with the golfing memorabilia salesman in fact like well, a high point in the show is at one point she's about to go to New York and she writes to this guy and uh, she, by that time my mum was getting a little bit older and she was also quite proud of her illnesses she was a Jewish woman and she liked to tell people about her ailments and this email, if I can remember it, says something like, um, the leukemia and also the Crohn's disease makes me very tired, but perhaps you can join me to make the naps more interesting, right? And she says this, and people might think, well, that's a private email. No, she CC'd it to me and my older brother, right? And when I asked her, how did you do that? She said, well, it was a mistake. Yeah, that, what fucking mistake is that? Oh, Butterfingers. I've CC'd a sexual email to my sons. Right? That's... So yeah. the show was about this. It was, it was, a, it was, a, it was a heavy show. And I, it made me wonder about myself in terms of like, because I've done shows like when my, uh, when my second wife left me yeah. abruptly. Properly. Abruptly. Abruptly, all right. Yeah, okay. I mean, it, <laughs> like, yeah, I, oh, look, I, I had it coming. Okay. So, but I did, a, I was working on one person. The only thing I could think to do was get on the stage and start workshopping something. Right. And the people that saw it, it was in the basement. I remember it was in the basement of a theater, in a smaller theater. And upstairs, Mike Berbiglia was having a hit run of his show. Yeah. So, it was just like, it was exactly where my career was. It was like, fuck that guy. And, you know, I'm in the basement doing the real work. And... <laughs> so I was talking about this woman leaving me and, and it was still happening and it was meant to be a workshop but right. I realized that it wasn't really a show it was just I needed to get it out to rooms full of strangers so they could you know live with it <laughs> and 
it wasn't meant to be reviewed. And, and, and someone from Time Out came and they were like, you know, this show is, it's very interesting. It's very raw. It almost seems like Marin's not really worked this stuff through. <laughs> so it's a little hard to watch, but it was very engaging. And <laughs> did, just, she, did she come and see the show? That woman, she, dude, she doesn't, I can't even explain it. Like, <laughs> She, uh, no, she did not come see the show. Okay. She does not listen to my show. The bane of her existence is, is the fact that if you Google her name, people also looked for me. Right. That, like, she, she hates me. Fine, whatever. So my, my question to you, because I, like, I thought about this. Okay. Was, like, we both do this. We both have, you know, my, my, my parents, very selfish, very, you know, emotionally uh, incapable of parenting, really. Yeah. But you seem to come out all right. I can only assume it's because of Britain and sports. So, sports. Yes, I mean you, you know there's the, you know, the the sort of cultural repressive nature, but also right. the fact that you understand healthy competition. Okay. I, I, I I don't engage with sports at all. For me, everything is uh, you know kind of like personal. Like I I couldn't play soccer because right. so if I kicked it badly, I'd be like, oh, you're all fucking assholes. And yeah. You don't really like me. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I, I do play football. But I, when you say I seem to have come out all right, I would say we've come out almost exactly the same. I didn't, I didn't, I did not <laughs> write, I didn't write nine books. How do you write nine books? You, oh, yeah, you well, so that's and... kind of a slightly mad, manic thing. So you have definitely you probably... come. So my mother was a refugee from Nazi Germany, okay. right? My dad was a guy who constantly, constantly worried about money. He was a working-class Welsh bloke who had a brief period when he earned a bit of money working for Unilever and then was made redundant. When he was made redundant, he got so crazy about money, we couldn't have friends back in case they ate some toast. He would actually say they might eat some toasts, right? Oh, and wow. They, yeah. they were unbelievably... Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think so that, the mm. reason I write nine books is I am actually kind of okay, but a part of me thinks, no, I'm not. Any right. second now, right. it's going to go away because either uh, my yeah. dad will say that's not real or the Nazis will take it. <laughs> the, uh, the, yeah, the, the Nazi thing, that was... a Well, we're jumping around, but... Because, like, when I saw your show and then I saw your clothing, like, right. for me, it was sort of like, what the fuck is this? In the sense of, like, this isn't a Jewish thing. And then, like, you're, like, a year younger than me. Yeah. And I get, I get the, it's like I was trying to figure out what is the emotional component that makes us, one, you know, talk about our Jewishness constantly just to make people annoyed with Jews. Um, to like have like these you know kind of like you know spinning brains about bullshit. It's a it's not, is it a Jewish thing? Well, I, I I actually don't think that I talk about Jewishness in order to make people annoyed, or at least if they are annoyed, what I'm doing is saying why are you fucking annoyed? Right. Well, okay, why so, are you annoyed well, a, okay. about me talking about being Jewish? But that's the when question. When you might not be annoyed about. Anyone else? Right. Well, I mean, obviously, fucking racists are annoyed yeah. about Richard Pryor talking about being black, but right. generally, people are not annoyed about that. I get sort of stop talking about being Jewish from people who are not, in their own minds, racist. But that's what you're looking. But that's what you're provoking in, in order to find that to start that conversation. Well, so. I, I was always I was going to say this like tw uh, half an hour ago, but I was always really out about being Jewish without any doubt increasing anti-Semitism and my sense of increasing anti-Semitism has made me more out yeah, about me being too. Jewish. Yeah. I like, want to talk about it more. Right. Why, that, I guess, why do you is, think? Just to draw, draw attention to there it? There is an element of fuck you to that, I guess. But there is also an element of 
what are you going to do about it? What are you going to do? You've got people wanting well, to a, shut there, down. There are historical precedents. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, well, yeah, I mean, uh, I, 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 I'm in the same boat as that. Well, the other, the, the, this is what, leading into your book, like my last girlfriend before Lynn, who I was with five years, the painter. Right. Um, she, like when Trump got elected, you know, we were in, we had taken a vacation, you know, the day he, you know, went into office. I don't know what I was thinking. And he started, you know, doing that kind of like fascist theater signing things, you know, in the Oval Office. And, yeah. And I was like, we're fucked, you know, I'm, you know, I'm a Jew and this is like, this is going to go down. And this woman, and she's a progressive, right, said to me, she goes, I don't think you're, you're first on the list. Right. And. Right. And I'm like, yeah, but we're on the list. You're on the fucking list. So. You're always on the fucking yeah, list. Right. Yeah. But, but it did make me sort of like, which is really a big point in your book. Yeah. It made me realize like, you know, this is happening to uh, Latin American immigrants now. There, there, is, there was a, at that time a, a fairly real Gestapo set up to, you know, to kind of you know, put people in trucks and take them to camps. Yeah. So it did make me realize like, well, don't be so selfish and backseat the, the, the implicit uh, anti-Semitism that is in fascism. Yeah. Now, and also in America, we have no real functioning left that has any solidarity or any focus. Right. We just have a very active, you know, two-party system, and one of the parties is just shamelessly fucking fascist. Right. To, you know, and so with, with her saying that, like, my problem is, it's like, maybe she's right, but then all I'm thinking is, like, how long does it take to put that infrastructure in place? <laughs> Not that long. I know. Not that long. Like historical precedents, not very long at all. And also, he was signing executive orders in his big, fat, stupid way. Yes. Yeah, that's what he was doing. Yes. Was, I never really understood it because I don't know that much. It was all theater about about American like lawmaking, but it was as if right, I've signed it, so it happens. But then it doesn't. Well, he's it, like a genetic autocrat. The guy, like you know, a lot of people think like you know he's stupid or he's the, you know it's it's all impulsive. But you know, he's a very like he knows exactly what he wants to be. And now with with the tide and culture turning, it's it's fucking creepy, dude. I mean, I you know I've applied for permanent residency in Canada just to in my mind to have a plan in place because you don't want to be. Is that because you've watched a lot of movies? where people in America, in dysfunctional, dystopian America, escape to Canada. They're always escaping to Canada. It's close, even and they don't American, talk funny. Even in American Pickle, yeah. Seth Rogen's quite weird film about being Jewish. He's Canadian. But, yeah, yeah, okay, so he's returning to the land of his fathers. It's, it, for me, it wasn't even... It, it's not like I'm going to give up my citizenship. You know, I just was like, you know, pe I was thinking about Ireland for some reason. You know, yeah. I was sort of like, oh, the Irish get it. You know, they're... <laughs> They're sad and poetic, you know, and uh, you know, and I think it's beautiful there. And like, yeah, but you, you're an American who won't have Irish roots that's because right. you're Jewish. Exactly. So you'll have to go back to Lithuania. Well, that's where you'll have to go. No, back. So Belarus. That's Belarus. not good. You don't want to go to Belarus. No, you don't want to go to right Belarus. Now. It's like Ukraine and Belarus, buddy. <laughs> that's my background: Ukraine and Belarus. Yeah. Not the best time. Yeah, me too, actually. It I is. I think it's yeah, Ukraine, Lithuania. That's my dad. 
this kind of thing. So Poland I'm, got a little Poland, but it's unclear because the borders moved around. Yeah, a lot. it's very unclear. It's <laughs> yeah. always unclear. But as far as I can make out from the no clarity, is that my great great grandfather was because it's always fleeing, right? So there were pogroms. My, my they were Nazi refugees on my mum's side, but on my dad's side, yeah. great great grandfather is fleeing from Russian pogroms in Lithuania yeah. or Vilnius, whatever. He gets on a boat. This is what I was always told. He smuggles himself on a boat. He doesn't speak any English or anything. He thinks he's going to New. New York, the boat stops to refuel at Swansea. He gets, seriously, <laughs> he gets off. Ten years later, I assume he has enough English to say, where is the Statue of Liberty? And I really, I, they didn't mean to be in Swansea. Why would they be in Swansea? But that is, that's what happened. Wow. I, I actually know a lot about my family because I did uh, Finding Your Roots, the TV show. Yeah, I did Who Do You Think You Are, which is maybe the same thing. Did they, but these, finding your roots, it's, uh, they, put, they have a team in place that went to, like, they tracked my father's lineage back into the Pale of Settlement. Like, the Pale of Settlement. Yeah, so like, that is where Fiddler on the Roof is actually yes. set. That is very Jewish. Well done. Yes. <laughs> Muzzle Tov. <laughs> yeah, a tailor. A tailor. He was a tailor. A tailor. Was he actually doing a musical? <laughs> I, weren't they all? The... Uh, <laughs> But that's so funny because, like, I was recently. <laughs> I get in trouble for. Shall we being... just do the dance together, like with the cross-legged <laughs> thing? Shall we... I, 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 I get in trouble for being anti-Semitic against Hasidim. Oh, okay. Like, I, like, I get that too. Yeah. Every time, every time I say something, like I said, you know, FCK, uh, you know, uh, YE on Twitter. That was my last tweet. Just fuck Kanye, you know. Right. And and some like you know uh, progressive Zionist dude is you know pulls up a quote from a. Uh, a, uh, a, a something I said about uh, the Chassids being, you know, sort of, I, I said uh, they're so genetically tight as a community, they don't even, if they didn't have the outfits, you wouldn't know they were Jews. So, yeah. Yeah. No, I agree with that. I, I got too. into trouble. For fucking so, I, got, I got into trouble. I got, I, I, you know, I never even should mention this because I got, <laughs> they got very angry about it, but fuck it. Um, so during COVID, you may yeah. know this, no, right? Yeah. You I know okay? about COVID. What's happened, right? Yeah, COVID okay. happened. You've got yeah. a bit weird. It's okay. a real thing. Okay. So during COVID, there was a thing where the Orthodox Jewish communities were Not disregarding yeah, COVID. Sure. Yeah, uh, because of they needed to pray in certain ways. And so that was spreading COVID. So I wrote on Twitter, stupid fucking frummers. Mm. Right? Now, frummers, for anyone who doesn't know, is what Jews call Orthodox Jews. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And I thought that makes it clear to anyone reading this, I'm Jewish. So mm. I can kind of say sure. this about these people. But hey, no, no, it caused a lot of fuss. Oh, yeah. Yeah, a lot of fuss. I had to meet with a frummer. Uh, oh, really? <laughs> like, yeah, I had to have a public meeting with a fucking frummer to talk through it all. Yeah. Yeah, I just find that, you know, the whole insulated community sort of, you know, the genetic lines and the sort of uh, homeschooling. And it, it's like, it's, it's disturbing to me, but they get very mad because they see... They believe they are the Jews doing the repopulating post-Holocaust and that right. they are preparing and making sure that it's never going to happen again. I, 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 I don't know if that's true, really. I mean, I mean, how many people are Chabad really bringing in with their trucks? Yeah. I don't know if they have those here, but in yeah. New York, they just drive around these trucks and they make you they do have felon. Yeah, yeah, they'll just drag you in here. Jew? Jewish? Jewish? And they'll drag you into a truck and make you do tefillin, even if you don't know what's really? happening. And then they just throw you back onto the street. Wow. And they'll, you just sit there to, you know, forced to you, question who you are in the world. You know what, Mark? They'll never spot us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
But I, I think my point was, like, I, I recently was, uh, and I told this story, I think, on the podcast maybe, but I was renting a car in New York, and it was late at night. And I was walking into this rental, the place, because the story is about them not having cars, but there was an Orthodox, a Hasidic guy at the counter, like, you know, gesticulating madly. Right. And, and in my mind, I'm like, that could, go, that could be excitement or he's mad. You, you know, like, he, he, he might be like, I love my car! You know, like, but... <laughs> Because they're a bit, yeah. Yeah, they they're like very to expressive. Dance. Yeah, That's what you're figured, saying. yeah, exactly. They it like was to me, dance and it was shout being, being anti Semitic again. It was just sort of like, look, he's dancing. But is, like that, that. is that anti Semitic? I mean, it kind of is. But, um, is but, no, but is it anti Semitic or is it just turn, like making fun of those guys? No, I turned the corner and there was like, you know, six kids, you know, from age three to like 16. And a woman who looked exhausted. <laughs> yeah. Exhausted. Yeah, from just having And just like she had like this look in her eye, just completely. Uh, Stockholm Syndrome is yeah. my projection. Okay. And she was pregnant again, and it was the saddest looking pregnancy I'd ever seen in my right. life. Did she have Help Me written on her shite? On her rig? <laughs> on her shite. On her wig? Yeah. yeah, is that what it's called? Yeah. yeah. Well, that's what the thing. I thought, like, I can save her. I, this is my moment. Oh, right. Yeah, I can pull yeah. her away that's from this. That's who your third wife should yes. be. Right. I pictured. That woman. I would get the car, I'd throw her in it, I'd call my mother, I'm like, I'm marrying a Jew. <laughs> She's in the car, and we're already yeah, having a child. A big yeah. Jew. Yeah. Yeah, finally. I met my first wife. Have you not Jew been with a Jewish woman? My first wife was a Jew. Okay. Oh, yeah. God, you look, you look actually ill. I, I, I wrote the worst joke in the world about that, and I loved it. What was the joke? <laughs> the joke was, you know, I, I was married to a Jewish woman, and the problem with marrying a Jew is that everything you hated about going home is now in your house. <laughs> Can I tell you something about, so my wife, who I'm... I like, feel like I'm going to cry. Uh, <laughs> my wife is a woman called Morwenna Banks, who is a Catholic, uh, yeah. or she's of Catholic background, and she's uh, quite well known, possibly because she is the voice of Mummy Pig from Peppa Pig, which is complicated for a Jewish bloke, to be honest with you. <laughs> Especially if you eat all those full yes, English breakfasts. Yes, <laughs> yes. But... The Catholic thing is interesting because Frank Skinner, who I do a lot of work with, is also Catholic. This is and your third comedy partner? It's my... Kind of, yeah. Okay, well, okay. I've, I've had quite a few. <laughs> I like to think of you as my third comedy partner. I think it's going well. Yeah, it's going well. Yeah. Um, but I think... I don't know how you get on with... I don't know Catholics in America, but I think that Catholics mm. are a little bit like Jews in that in Britain, there's something different about them. Something mm -hmm. not obviously different about them, maybe, but it is different. Mm -hmm. And that difference is enough to make them feel marked in some way, in the way that I think Anglicans... I don't really know what an Anglican is, but no. like they don't feel like they're just the wallpaper of this country. Right. People well, Catholics, Catholics have a, a dirty, weird history. And... And... And it's complicated, dude. I mean, you, I mean, I went, I've been to Rome. You go into every church. There's just fucking dead wizards everywhere. That's Harry Potter, I think. Pieces. <laughs> same thing. It's same the thing, same. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, what? Yeah. Smoking orbs. <laughs> yeah. You know, like fucking yeah. the, the, the robes and the hats, these pieces of, you know, saints and dead. Yeah, How many dead fucking stuff. popes were there? If you go to <laughs> Italy, it's like every church you go in, it's like there's nine popes buried in the wall. And you're yeah. like, how long has this been going on for? They do fucking, they love dead this, shit. Like, it's they total really witchcraft, like it. yeah. dude. Yeah. 
And that's the same with the Jews. We're kind of witchy, too. No, we're, we're, we're not as witchy, because I think the thing about Jew, think about the religion, because yeah. I'm an atheist. I don't know, you're a, you an atheist? Yeah, you know, I, I, is it, but, you know, yes. Right. <laughs> Glad we worked that out. Because I think the religion but, but, but is such a fucking weird religion. The religion uh, is of not... Of which one are we talking about? Jews? Ju- Judaism. Okay. Yeah, Judaism. Uh, I had to say in a weird way. Judaism. Right, I don't know why. Uh, it's like it's kind of like just a sort of OCD thing. Yeah. It's not really about God. It's not really even about an afterlife. That's the whole point of religion is an afterlife. That's Judaism, the racket. That's the racket Yeah, that's the bait and switch yeah. is an afterlife. Everything's going to be amazing yeah. when you're dead. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> But, it do, but we don't even have that. No. Jews don't have a heaven. They don't what have happens? it. What happens? What we have heaven? is what? 614 mitzvot, things you're meant to do, things right, you're meant right, to right, wind right, around yeah, your yeah, arm, yeah, yeah. lights that you're meant to switch on sure. or switch off at certain times yeah. of the day or yeah. night, candles you're meant to light, yeah. things you're supposed to say. Right. It's OCD. Of course it is. And that, like, I, I used to like, actually do a bit about that, that any sort of ritual yeah. you know, is your spirituality. Like, you yeah. know, if you go back and you know, check the gas nine times and then count the steps and back back up, yeah. like, I mean, that's a full day. <laughs> you know, like, and it does keep things no, organized. Like, it's that's, faith. That's like a religious Jew. I, I think stuff. so, but 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 you know, when I'm checking the gas, it's really just fear of fire. Where I think when you're doing the thing around your arm, you 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 know, your fear of God. I guess it's similar. It's the same thing. Yeah. You know, he appeared as a fire. Yeah. At one point, not yeah. in your house. Yeah. I mean, in a bush. In a bush. Yeah. 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 Well, I th- that's the word. No, thing but it's about- all fear. That's, yeah, of that's course. the point. But I always the thing I liked about Jews though is like it seemed like they were they were always in conversation. Like it doesn't seem like these other religions are are talking as much to God. Like it seems like yeah. most of the old Jews are sort of like, What? Yeah. What do you want? <laughs> yeah. When am I supposed to do that? <laughs> now? Yeah. No, that's right. The Talmud. It's just really a long, long conversation. Yes. In fact, yes. someone, there's a woman called Dara Horn who's written a brilliant book called People Love Dead Jews. That was yeah. a round of applause for Dara Horn. Wow. Uh, she's great. It's a great book. Uh, but she ends up talking about how she so can't bear the yeah. amount of anti-Semitism that is out there that she just starts reading the Talmud. Uh, and then she slightly upends that by saying it's a bit like Twitter. I think, like, well, there's quite a lot of anti-Semitism on that. But that's what it... Because she says it's just, like, scrolls and scrolls and scrolls of people arguing with each yes. other. Except not about trans politics, yeah. but about whether or not you should, like, start the sh- Shabbos yeah. at 6 o'clock yeah. or 6 minutes. Which shoe do I put on first? Yeah, which shoe do I put on first, exactly. <laughs> what does Hashem do say about, about whether shoe. David's shoes or Mark's shoes are more pointy? Hashem! Hashem! <laughs> You see, I could see the fail of set, pale of settlement yes. when you did that. <laughs> <laughs> a small part of you, if you got offered, have you been offered the part of like of a gentle, gentle in anything? No, I, I would do that. Yeah, I would do that. Too. Yeah, would yeah. You be, to play actual Yentl? Well, normally, as I point out in my book, it's yeah. normally some big fucking goy who yeah. gets that part. Yeah. It's yeah. normally a big yok. I'm using these words, yeah. right? They just mean non-Jews in a slightly derogatory way. As we know, that's normally yeah. given to someone yeah. who isn't. But we, you know, yeah. could, if Yentl is remade, yeah. if Fiddler is remade, yeah. if, if we're not too old, it should come to us. Yeah, we, I, uh, we could probably... Oh, thank you. Thank you very much. We're, we're going to be in Fiddler. That's what you just fought for. Yeah. That's what nine applauded. people applauded. You yeah. do deserve to both be Tevias at the same time. The Tevye twins. 
like, but in your book, it's very interesting to me. I learned a lot about the book. It's very provocative because I, you know, it, you know, structured differently. The government structured differently here, and, and the conversations, you know, much different here uh, about it. But the this sort of idea uh, that it, you know, anti-Semitism is not um, acknowledged enough. Um, the left, because there are more, you know, sort of relevant isms to mm. the, to the movement, is is very interesting to me, and I don't know how we reconcile that because it eventually. What do we, what do, we do? Well, firstly, how many uh, people listen to this podcast? A lot. Well, well, like like millions and millions, right? Eventually. Okay, so the book is called. The book is called Jews Don't Count because yes. you haven't said that, and fucking hell, why am I doing this, right? And. <laughs> And yes, it's about the fact that generally I perceive that anti-Semitism and indeed Jewish identity and inclusion and representation is low in the mix. And actually, uh, I, when I wrote the book in 2020, I really felt that. And I still feel it. It was an interesting moment when Kanye did his thing. What, in the that, last week? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Last week, yeah. yeah. It was an interesting thing because there was quite a big reaction to it. And I was Here? kind of... In yeah, general. in general, on yeah. the internet, it felt to me like he was called out and whatever. But now he's just keeps saying that shit, and people aren't bothered now. Yeah, like he just keeps saying it. Well, that's the doubling down thing is part of the whole sort of MAGA manic trip, right? Yeah, but I think it's partly because I saw him say there's a very typical thing with anti-Semitism. He was on a podcast the other day. Did you see mm. it? Just doubling down, yeah. right? And then he started talking again about how Jews control this and how Jews control black music and Jews control whatever. And then he says, you know, I respect the Jewish people for sure. this. And here's a big problem, which is this notion that Jewish success, which is always parlayed as basically Jewish control, Jewish basically hands over the world, is somehow like, it's not offensive to say yeah. that, because it means that we're just complimenting Jews. No, you're not. Because historically, that shit leads to Jewish houses being burned down. Yeah. Because the notion is not, hey, we're celebrating Jewish yeah. wealth. Well done, the Aren't Jews. Aren't they amazing? Aren't they amazing? Wow, the Jews, yeah. well done. Big on <laughs> yeah. them. No, it's fucking, they must have got it by ill-gotten means because they're Jewish and they've got secret societies or whatever. Right. Let's take that money back. Sure. And like history shows that over and over again. Yeah, so I guess what's the timeline on this? Oh, well, should we go now? No. Is that what you're saying? I we should flee. We should flee somewhere now. I don't know these people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They'll take us in. Some of them will take us in. They'll hide <laughs> us in attics. It'll be okay. <laughs> yeah, I don't I know just, what the timeline is. You don't know what the timeline is? But the basic point is that the right wing, the far right, is getting louder and louder. You mentioned the thing about the Jews will not replace us. Yeah. Do people even know what that is in the, here? Do you know? Okay, so a lot of people don't. When I first saw it, I, I saw I all these fucking like right-wing, mad American people with torches chanting, the Jew will not replace us. I thought, absolutely not. I don't want to be you. That would be terrible. I thought, I like, you know, we're, we're not going to outfuck these people. And yeah, yeah. if we did, who would want those jobs? No, no. exactly. Right. Who would want to look like them? But it turns out, that <laughs> it turns out people don't... Oh, hello. What's the difference between the right and the far right? Interesting that he decided it was question and answer time. <laughs> but, um, yeah. yeah. Wow. Uh, one is worse than the other. Is it? Really? Uh, is, it, is it question and answer or should I just keep going with what I was saying? I don't know the, the tone of him. 
So why don't you? <laughs> I know the tone of him, <laughs> and it frightens me. I just don't know how how far it's going to go. No, okay. Well, uh, the great replacement theory, which yeah. is not, I think, as well known in this country as maybe it is in America, is the idea is which I didn't really understand is not that Jews will be replacing uh, sort of white Christian people, but that the Jews are secretly masterminding immigration and multiculturalism in order to undermine the Aryan white races. It's part so, of the communist socialist conspiracy that's been put forth by the Soros Colossus. Yes, exactly. Which is a mythological creature that's bigger than the planet Earth. <laughs> yeah. And the, the Soros- actual George Soros is just the penis of the Soros Colossus. Yeah. Although I I'm like sorry, the idea... I just read the, it's part of the QAnon thing. I, I don't know. I can't validate it. Okay. I like the idea that the Soros... Sad co- how many people took it seriously. <laughs> oh, I liked it. Go ahead. Yeah, I know it's not worth saying now, but uh, I think the Soros Colossus sounds like a prog rock band. That's what I think. But yeah, I guess my, my concern is ultimately, and I panic about it all the time. I don't know how much you actually panic about it, but you start to realize in America that because so many norms were disrupted and so many of them aren't holding in terms of basic law and order, that you know attacks that happen seemingly isolated or spontaneous against Jews or, or, or any other religion you know, are sort of part of a, a pattern that that will only get worse like i fear in america that you know these things will keep being identified you know not as as specifically as hate crimes as they should be just as these acts random acts and and i feel like it's sort of starting there i feel like our law and order system is mildly breaking down how is it here well, I don't know if you've watched the news recently in Britain, but things are not quite right here at the moment. Uh, I just read before I came on, did anyone see this? That uh, In this new bill, they're doing a bill on fracking right at the moment. Apparently the Tory whips, that's not actual whips, those are people who get people to vote, sure. were having to like force people, did you read this? Force people into the chamber to actually vote. Jacob Rees-Mogg, who's like a cosplay Lord Snooty guy, right? He looks like a haunted pencil. Um, He was apparently, like, pushing people in. I mean, he hardly looks like he can actually stand up. But he was pushing... And it's just something is really going wrong. You know, Liz Truss who is so out of her depth that you see her and you want to call the Royal National Lifeboat Association, like, straight away. (laughs) It's just like, why, you can't, it's not clear why she's Prime Minister. I don't don't want to explain the really boring system, but she got there because basically 80,000 Tory members mistook her for Margaret Thatcher. (laughs) Like, she's back! Yeah, exactly. That's as far as I can make out. That's what they thought. She looks a bit like, you know. So we're all in trouble. Yeah, it's all in trouble. But... Uh, but it, one of the things, I, the thing I was going to say is that the far right are on the rise. They always have Jews in their sights. It's always, uh, however much they're attacking other minorities, Jews are always kind of really at the center of what they're talking about. Even like people who go on, like white supremacists who go on these massive, yeah. horrible sprees, they leave manifestos, 70 pages of which are about fucking Jews. But it's Jews such old stuff. It's these mythological ideas that, you know, Jews somehow run the world secretly. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, but that is shared on right and left. Yeah. That's the problem. It's yeah. shared on right and left so that when the far right is on the rise, the left are kind of with Jews, kind of keen to downplay it a bit. Yeah. So, for example, I read, that's another thing that Dara Horn says, but when two religious Jews were killed in New Jersey a while back, like all the kind of progressive press didn't really report it as a hate crime. They said, oh, well, yeah, maybe there was quite a lot of gentrification 
in this area, mm. right? And mm. similarly, when 11 Jews were killed in Pittsburgh, in this country, uh, a woman called Dame Jenny Tong, who used to be a liberal Democrat MP, so again, on the left, she said, yeah, this is terrible, but what about what's happening in Israel, blah, 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 blah. So it's always like Jews can't be victims. It's a weird idea that like the- Except yeah, for like, Jesus. Yeah, how Jewish was he? We don't know. We just don't know, <laughs> right, yeah. Or he took the victimhood for the rest of us. That's yeah, the thing. Sure did. <laughs> Fucking Jesus. Jesus. Fucking Jesus. That guy, right? Yeah. But we but he gets taken away quite a lot. He like his Jewishness gets taken away. Yeah, I think we should get it back. Yeah. Maybe that's what we should be doing. It's just really celebrating the no, Jewishness. No, but then then you become a Jew for Jesus and they are cunts. <laughs> I, uh, I look forward I, to being cancelled by Jews for Jesus. That would be great. <laughs> That's a weird cult, those guys. It is. Why so, bother? Like, like, anyway, sorry. No, why bother with Jesus? What, no, no. Why bother with, like, if you're a Jew and, like, the Jesus? That's the whole thing. You know, you know D- David, people are confused. Yeah. And they want to believe in something, and it's causing all the fucking problems. Yeah. It's just this innate desire to believe in something that implies some bigger order or gives your life some definition. I mean, the, I, I, it's totally fucking crazy. Mm. And it's a problem when you are sort of a, an atheist person or a secular person, and you kind of, you know, you try to keep your brain as clean as possible. You know, I realized... It didn't sound like you were trying to keep your brain as clean as possible when you were picking glass out of cocaine. Oh, no, that was clear. <laughs> that was go- exactly. going clear, yeah. like a Scientologist. Oh, you just get that brain going, man. <laughs> yeah. You get it, dude, you get it! So... No, but I, I, I just think, like, you know, it's either you live with the reality that we're in, which I think, you know, we're trying to do, which is terrifying, or you go in some other direction with your belief system, uh, which can be frightening or, or completely ignorant. But I don't know why I'm trying to, to, you know, say all that, other than I don't know really, you know, what to do. Do you? Other than just speak out? I don't even really do any speaking out in terms of like this has got an end point. I don't have an end point. Right. I say what I see, yeah. right? And so I saw yeah. that it seemed to me that anti-Semitism and Jewish identity and whatever was low in the mix yeah. of maybe the actual people that I kind of hang out with, yeah. the people that I sort of think like, oh, these are the like-minded people, these are the protective people. Yeah. They seem to be less bothered about it. So I saw it and I wanted to talk about it. And then people say to me things like, oh, so do you want Jews to have the same kind of trigger, whatever, for offense? Do you want it all to be, you know, like the same Thing. And I, I don't know. I'm just pointing it out. Yeah, and the then wherever is, it goes is where it goes. Yeah, th- we just don't want to be killed. Yeah, we just don't want to be killed. And, and like, you know, there's. I don't actually want to die. That's no, I actually, don't either. That's a sort of like, because that's a problem, because even if we're not killed, that will happen. Yeah, that's And I'm happen really no unkeen on it. Yeah, I'd rather do that on my own. Die? Yeah, as opposed to have somebody else oh, do yeah, it. Oh, yeah, no, I'd rather me. do it on my own, but I'd rather it didn't happen at all. <laughs> I'd rather. I'd, I know, you know it's going to happen. Can we. Can we Talk about cats? Yeah, well, I want to talk about cats because (laughs) we are very similar in a lot of ways. And it is weird that also you're obsessed with cats, I think. It came to me later in life, kind oh, did of, it? A, a little bit. I mean, I grew up with dogs, but they're just too needy and I, you know, I resent them. Yeah. So 
<laughs> I can see how that would... But what you said about like, what women yeah. and other things that whoa, you might... Whoa, 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 back up. <laughs> I am, will not allow that connection to be no, made. No, I'm not making that connection. It's about but, uh, you. It's, it's about, about you. me. Yeah. Well, no, um, no, I just... I find that if... The, uh, if I, I want to be the neediest thing in my house. Okay. Um... But you are happy to supply the needs of cats because you. I like cats because you, do you know, actually I, have a feral like loads. How many do you have? I well, I had several. There was a feral crew that I, I rescued in Queens without knowing what I was getting into. Right. I, there was all these kittens in the back of my apartment when I lived in New York, and they were already going through the garbage and feeding themselves. I had no idea that that means that well, it's over. You're not going to make a, a cute cat out of that. Right. So I trapped four of them in shoe boxes. And I brought them up into my apartment in Queens, and it was a fucking disaster. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, one of them went behind the fridge. One of them, you know, like, climbed up between the screen and a window. One of them got stuck on a glue trap and started flopping around. I had a ri- and then I couldn't get them out of the house because I didn't know where they were. They destroyed the entire house. And it was so like, I had a similar situation ugh. when because my I had three cats yeah. and then my dad died yeah. and I took in his cat and yeah. that cat was the half sister of the other three cats and well the mother was there and the two brothers right. right and she but she hadn't seen them for ten years and I thought I've known cats for a long time but I still thought there'll be some family affection oh, it'll yeah. be like surprise surprise or long lost families yeah yeah I've missed that episode of long lost families where they all hiss at each other and then claw at each other and then hide under under yeah. the kitchen how long did it go on for. Well, no, they still won't live together. Really? Yeah, I mean, they're in my house, but they have to be in separate parts of the house. Otherwise, they just go <laughs> for yeah. like ages yeah. and ages. Like, <laughs> what is that? It's... I've done it. I've done that. So I've never yeah. told anyone this. So Zelda, who is that cat, yeah. hisses so often that eventually I thought, what if I hiss at her? That will, that might stop her. And she yeah. just looked so, like, freaked out by oh, it. Oh, you did? I it, did, it, yeah. I went, <laughs> did it work? No, no, she just looked freaked out and then immediately looked at yeah. the other cat and hissed at them. It was like I was training her. Yeah. I, I don't understand them, but I, I, I've had, like, the, from that four in Queens, I had two for, like, 16 years. And I had oh, wow. I just recently uh, uh, put, they, they went. Yeah. And then I had another one show up at my house, the black one, Buster. Mm. He just showed up to eat out of the bowl that I put out for the ferals I was feeding at the old house. And he was young, and I don't know, he, I, I, we grabbed him. Got him fixed up, and he's a great cat. Has kidney problems, okay. and then I'm so and then, I'm sad to hear the kidney problems. Well, it's like let me tell you a story. I um, so my the cat that I'm well the cat name that I'm very proud. Of, yeah. I used to live with Frank Skinner, one of my double act partners, and together we came up with this name for a cat, which was Chairman Meow, which I still think is the best name for a cat ever. Right? It's, I think it's well, a you great had a monkey though too. I had a monkey. I don't have a monkey. Oh, sorry. I, yeah, I have a cat called Monkey. Yeah, me too. Sorry, I thought you meant do I have a monkey? Oh, yeah, yeah. I, had a monkey. I had a cat called Monkey, but I had Chairman Meow. Yeah, Chairman anyway, Meow. I was really proud of the name, and I went with Chairman Meow to, to the vet when, yeah. when he had actually uh, she had kidney problems. He was she was a she Chairman Meow, and I gave uh, just to the receptionist. I told the receptionist the name of the cat. People leaving, they don't want to hear stuff about ill cats. Fair enough. Uh, Chairman, I said the name of the cat is Chairman Meow. Yeah. Right? And the receptionist just wrote down on her computer, meow. Just like her surname, right? Which meant that when I went through to the actual vet, and the vet got the name of the cat up on the computer, 
I could tell he was thinking, what a shit, unoriginal <laughs> name for a cat. Meow, you're a comedian. Couldn't you do better than that? Yeah. And let me tell you, a real thing happened with that cat, yeah. which is an amazing thing, yeah. right? Yeah. So she did that thing, which I don't know if your feral cats do, of just going to other houses to eat. And eventually, oh, yeah, this when woman, I used to let him out, yeah. Okay, so this woman called Caroline, who used to live near me, she just basically took Chairman Meow in. Sure. Right? And then eventually, she got a collar for Chairman yeah. Meow, because she didn't have a collar, right? Yeah. But she decided, because she knew that it was my cat, to put, like, not Chairman Meow on it, but David. <laughs> David with my phone number, right? With my phone number. So for years, I was convinced yeah. that one day, my wife would get a phone call saying, I'm afraid David's been in a road accident. <laughs> He's in a bin bag. Shall we just hit him with a shovel, <laughs> right? Because he was shitting in my garden for ages. So anyway, yeah. <laughs> this I honestly, but I, I, you said about about taking the cats. I mean, I honestly, when I took Monkey to yeah. the vet yeah. and had to put, it's, I've had like thirty cats in my life. I've never actually had to put 30? one. Yeah, over the course of my life, I've probably been, but all of them have had the grace to die in ways that meant I don't have to you pay, even pay for them? it. Did you find them? Or did they, Monkey. No, no, the ones that died. The ones that died. You know this thing that sometimes cats, chairman did this, chairman meow, yeah. they'll just kind of go up the mountain like old Japanese people. Do you have mountains here? <laughs> no, they, I mean they'll go up the spiritual mountain. Oh, I so mean, they just go die in a They go somewhere. die somewhere because they realize Under it's their time. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But Monkey I had to actually take to the vet. Yeah. And my daughter will tell you she has never seen me cry so much. Oh, it's like the worst. nothing like like when my mum died and my dad nothing like that. Did you have them put down as well? I had them put down, yeah. <laughs> I did. Good for you. It was the Good best thing to do. It was definitely the best thing to do. <laughs> it's I, I I had to do I did that with uh, Monkey and his sister LaFonda who died about six six months apart. And uh, but there, it's a decision you make. Like I, I, I knew that I had to do it because you can just drop them off and stuff. You drop know them what off I mean? where? What? At the vet. You don't have to go into. Oh the room. no, I know. Like yeah, I went yeah. to the room. No, I did that. You, d I did too. Yeah, yeah, I did but too. there was okay. There was one really extraordinary moment. If you had this, so I take monkey in, right? Yeah. And it's I'm upset. I'm incredibly upset. And uh, you know, I got him out the little box. He started purring. Oh, the worst. He started purring, and then. The vet said, would you like to be alone with him for like a couple of minutes? Yeah. And I kind of thought, fucking no, I can't handle this. Yeah. But I did. I did. He hung out. And yeah. Oh, yeah. God, it was so awful. Then weirdly, after he was dead, I took a photo of him. That was kind of weird, like a selfie. Uh, but I, I wanted to send it to my wife, who wasn't there, to sort of share in this moment. I went in there with both of them. And, y you know, and you just sort of... It, you hold them, right? Mm. And the, the doctor does it. The two shots, was it the two shots? Yeah. One puts them to sleep. and then, Yeah, then, then another one kills them. Uh, I can't... Uh, I, I, I want to believe that's the right thing to do, you know, to be there with them. But, yeah. you know, it doesn't feel great to me right now. No, but it's not for you. It's for the cat, isn't it? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Kidding. <laughs> It is, but, I, I, but actually, I do honestly would like to think that Monkey was comforted in some way. Sure. I mean, I think they trust you. Yeah. 
Me personally. Well, no, the cats trust you, and they figure this is okay. He's here. Yeah, but that's part. Of what, that's part of the problem. I know. That's part that's of the my problem. Point. Yeah, they trust you. He started purring because he thought, yeah, I can see. You could hardly see at all as it happened. But yeah, my owner is here. It must be okay. And that's part of yeah. what makes you but feel it, bad but, about but it. But it's the best thing, dude. Like, my, no, I know it's the best. My thing. fucking monkey was like, he was losing weight. I had to give him all kinds of medicine. It was hard to give him the medicine. He wasn't happy. Buster, the young one, was beaten up on him. It was a fucking nightmare. Okay. But over the course of time, I had a lot of cats outside that, like, one of them not, wasn't even my cat. Right. Just came to my house to die. <laughs> well, did you, did you administer an injection or he just sat there? No, and it was died? like I, at my old house, there were several cats. He thought it was cats. the mountain. Yeah. He thought it was the cat mountain. It was the cat mountain. <laughs> I had all these cats that used to hang around the old house. I didn't know if they belonged to people or they were wild. There was a deaf black cat. They used to hang around my house. I don't know how it lived outside. It could not hear. Could yeah. not hear. Lived for over a decade before the coyotes got it. It was like an amazing mythological creature. Okay. And then there were all these other cats that hung around. One of them got sick. It was all. He got. It was, it was disgusting. But I don't know if he was anyone's cat. I took him to the vet. Had him killed. So oh. then there was. Oh, <laughs> shit. Yeah. Did it have David written on it? <laughs> on a collar. Oh my god! It did. <laughs> yeah. And then, like, uh, then the one that came to die at my house, I remember him hanging around once or twice, but I, but I didn't see him for like seven years. Where do you live? In a car- he- you live in a cartoon? <laughs> like where- I live in kind of like a hilly area in Los right. Angeles. Okay. And there was a lot of wild cats and there was a lot of coyotes and there were just a lot of animals around. But this guy came back. <laughs> when I saw him come back, he looked terrible. And I'm like, oh my God, it's been like seven years, Odysseus. What a. <laughs> <laughs> and he just crawled he almost got under my house he just dropped dead oh right yeah just like literally yeah, but, but uh, i felt okay well this uh, maybe it's uh, did you bury him no but you just left him there no i put him in a bag <laughs> what a bin liner like a garbage bag yeah <laughs> okay fair enough i didn't know him no no he wasn't he, he wasn't your cat can you put a cat in the recycling, or where does that go? The regular garbage. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. What? What do you want from me? Yeah. You can put it yeah. like the unknown cat grave on my property. <laughs> What's yeah. that headstone there? That uh, was a unknown soldier that came up injured. I don't yeah. think we need to do a Q and A now that the problem people left. Oh, is it them? Yeah. What time is it? Uh, Have you like, had enough? Uh, it's up to you. It's your show. My boy, we're just going to cut it. <laughs> what, 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 the whole thing? <laughs> no. <laughs> we well, can have a question if you like. Uh, do we want to do the whole mic thing? I can just repeat them. Does anyone have one? Anyone have a question? You I can raise see. your hand. Oh, God. Well, what did you leave here in your garage? My garage? Yeah, did you make a bomb of your garage? I didn't make him. He was the... <laughs> He was the president, and yes, I made him. I'm like, get that man to my garage. <laughs> I'm still in a, an actual garage. It's just different than the garage. I moved, and one of the reasons I bought the house that I'm in, aside from it's a slightly bigger house, and I didn't want to die in that 800-square-foot 800 800 box that I had. The old, the old garage was great, but the one now is, is also in a garage. It's just a nicer garage. So I moved because... This is, so I moved 
because a lot of things happened in that house, and I had made a little money, I'd saved a little money, and that house was falling apart. And the idea of rebuilding that house caused me so much anxiety, I realized, like, why am I saving money? I'm not married, I have no children, why don't I buy a new house? So even though Obama came to that garage, it was not enough to keep me at that house. And you feel like you're a bit defensive about that garage. I'm going to say garage, by the way. The way. I think it was the way she put it. Well, that was, I, I'm so, wondering if it was put in that way. Like, why the fuck did you yeah, leave exactly, that garage? Yeah. I love that Everything garage. Obama kept that garage. Yeah. No, no, no. I, I, it, it, was, it, was, it was practical. And yeah, Obama was there. And Boomer, that was the weird thing about that cat. Fucking Boomer. Like, when, I got, when my second wife left me, I thought, like, well, maybe I just need to downsize to move into an apartment. But I had that cat who lived outside. And I'm yeah. like, I can't move because <laughs> Boomer lives outside. And no, what am I going to do? No. It, it was a real thought. Yeah. I worry about my cats every fucking night. It's ridiculous. I have three now. Yeah. I have Buster, Charlie, yeah. and, uh, and, and, uh, and, you and can't Sammy. Remember. Sammy. Okay, someone told you who your cat was. <laughs> How have well, we got Sammy's here? like I've been kind of a little hard on Sammy. Have you? Well, well yeah, because well, I have Buster, who's like this black cat that is is like intense, and so Kit, my girlfriend, talked me into getting your girlfriend you know, is called Kit. Yes, that's confusing. She worked at uh, she worked at the Animal Humane, so okay. she talked me. She's not an get, actual cat, though. No. Okay. But she has three, two now. Oh, she. So. Right. So she talked me into getting Sammy, who was a tiny little kitten. Yeah. And then, you know, you never know how they're going to turn out. He's kind of a sluggo, you know. So, so Buster just kept beating up on Sammy. It was terrible. It, like, and he, yeah, I think it was almost like, like I think Sammy could have been a different cat hadn't Buster, like it, he made him a submissive. Okay. Um, yeah. And, he's, and I think he's like confused about it. Okay. But so, now we, so which one's the submissive? And then there's one Buster's who's like the a dominant. dominatrix. Sammy's is, uh, you know, Do he's just, they're all men. Oh, okay. Yeah. So what boys. is that? What do you call that? Uh, what's the I male version it, uh, of dominatrix? Just a dominant man. Like, uh, <laughs> like uh, I don't know, uh, what do they call him? Uh, what? What? Alpha pussy, someone that, said. No, that's me. I'm the alpha <laughs> pussy. That's an old bit of mine. No, I just feel like, you know, Sammy, anyway, it doesn't matter. So now we got Charlie, a third one, a new kitten. Okay. So now there's three. And Sammy and Charlie seem to be bonding, and Sammy seems to be getting a little bit of his uh, old spunk back. Yeah, spunk means something else here. His old um, <laughs> joie de vivre. Yeah. <laughs> Do we have, let's have another question. Yes. Okay, that's, the, that's a bit of a Route 1 question for me. So do you, you, under, you know what football coming, football's coming home, the concept of football's coming home, all that stuff? Just take it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to bring you in, but you're it's so not, not interested in sports. It's not going to happen. As you said. Uh, Actually, well, I will tell you one thing about it. I'm going to tell you uh, whether or not football's coming home, I don't fucking know as ever. But one thing I can tell you, in case you don't know, is that the song... In fact, I can announce maybe on this show, though, I don't know when this is going True. out. The when, song when, that you wrote? Uh, well, I wrote, we wrote footballs. We wrote yeah. Three Lions. Right. Football's coming home. Uh, we, it's gone to number one four times wow. in this country. There's a new version of it uh, happening uh, this Christmas, a Christmas version of it. Yes, that is actually happening... Two Jews, me and Ian Brody, and the Catholic, Frank Skinner, are doing a Christmas football song. What about that? Um, but one of the things about that is odd about Three Lions going to number one uh, a number of times is I have a terrible voice. As everyone in this audience knows, I can't actually sing. And when it first came out, I got insulted 
about that in a way that I think is the most extraordinary. I'm sort of proud it's so insulting. Yeah. Uh, Q magazine, that at the time was like a big music magazine, it said of it that in the future, it reviewed it, three lions will be thought of as better than it was. In the future, it said folk memory will have erased the memory of David Baddiel's singing just as effectively as it has erased the memory of corpse robbers during the Blitz. <laughs> I didn't even fucking know there were corpse robbers during wow. the Blitz. But I was sort of proud to be insulted it's on such a scale. Great reference. Yeah, Historical. it's a good reference. Yeah. Historical and um, smart. But it has got, yeah, it's a thing. It's the it's a thing, Three Lions. Football's coming up, and I am very proud of it. You even should though, be. It sounds yeah. like a big thing. Yeah, it is. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. I'll send you the links. <laughs> Thank you very much, ladies and gentlemen. David Badil. Thank you. What a pleasure. Great audience. Thank you very much. Thank you, Thank London. you very much. Cheers. Thank you. Thank you, Mark. That was fucking great. Thank you. There you go. Live from the, from the Bloomsbury Theatre. Uh, David Badil. Again, Jews Don't Count is available wherever you get books. Please, folks. Hang out for a second, will you? So look, we did another Ask Mark Anything episode for Full Marin subscribers. I answered uh, questions about everything from President Obama to Jethro Tull, uh, including this one. I was listening to an older episode recently and you mentioned a show you were doing for Vice. I Googled and saw announcements for it, but nothing else. What happened with that? I don't know what happened with that. Uh, Vice, the Vice Network was a big idea. They brought me in. I was very reluctant. Uh, they made promises. You know, we were going to do try to do an interview show in, in, and have it be somewhat like WTF, but we have found that to be impossible, um, you, you know, to do. And it just, we did one pilot episode with John Cameron Mitchell, and they made all these promises about guests, but we, they could get none. Huge list of guests kept coming and going. No one signed on. No one knew what it was. No one knew what the network was. No one, I don't know what the issue was, but we just kept looking at guest lists and approving them, and then nothing happening until it went away. You can get that episode plus all our bonus content by subscribing to The Full Marin on WTF+. Plus. Sign up by going to the link in the episode description or go to WTFPod.com and click on WTF+. Plus. My tour dates are winding down, thank God. I can use a break. I'm tired of myself. I'm tired of my material. Uh, but I'm not so tired that I'm not going to do a great show coming up in New York. Got to trim that shit down. But there's only three more left this year. My shows at the Orange Peel in Asheville, North Carolina are sold out. Still some tickets for the show in Nashville, Tennessee. I'm at the James K. Polk Center on Saturday, December 2nd. And my HBO special taping is at Town Hall in New York City on Thursday, December 8th. There are still some tickets. For the second show, go to WTFPod.com slash tour for all dates and ticket info. I did a little uh, pensive guitar for you.
Boomer lives. Monkey in La Fonda. Cat angels everywhere. Happy Thanksgiving. Can you do it? <laughs>